you guys what's up what's up welcome to the comfort level podcast two cents tuesday today i'm here with my guy comfort level podcast fred going legit fred going legit hey listen we're here in the zone today it's going to get deep this is crazy what's happening what's going on with y'all what's going on how y'all doing make sure y'all leave comments uh everything's open leave the comments we got a great show going on for you today. We got our guy coming up. Uh, we're gonna tell you a little about him in a minute. But first, yeah. we got a little bit of news. And me and Fred, we gonna just put our two cents in. Yeah, just give our little two cents. It's Tuesday, so we call it Two Cent Tuesday. So everybody out there trying to get their two dollar Tuesdays, if you chill, if you chiming in and listening in, and you're able to chime in, this is two cent. Tuesdays. So we give our two cents. That's we right. Think about what's going on. So we're inviting you guys to put your two cents in from the uh, news tidbits that uh, we chose. You know, some of it's uh, recent. Some of them, some of it has been um, a few days or so. But if you haven't heard, you heard it here on the Comfortable Podcast. Fred, what we got going on? At the very least, peculiar. Something that intrigues me. It's just so crazy, yo. I can't believe this. All right, so a hunter. <laughs> All right, so this guy's a hunter, right? So he's already got his, he's already foolproof. I'm going to just say that at least. But the hunter killed and skinned a family's, a family's pet German shepherds, right? So, so wait, the hunter killed and then skinned the uh, the families. I don't know if it's a neighborhood next to our neighbors. Families pet German Shepherd, right? Um, why? No, no, no. Why he he thought they were he thought they were. It says it says he thought they were coyotes. So I don't know if anybody's seen coyotes. They don't look like German Shepherds. Are they as big as German Shepherds? I don't know. They don't look like German Shepherds, though. They don't look enough like German Shepherds. Uh, maybe in the family. 
like some distant third, fourth cousins. If that was the case, but they don't look like they're, they don't like a German Shepherd. And so the article didn't say why the man. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm gonna brief y'all too. It says a hunter killed and skinned what he thought were two coyotes, but it turned out to be a Connecticut family's pet German Shepherds. During a pack hearing at the Dansbury Superior Court, uh, Michael Konchak, 61, of Carmel, New York, said uh, he was ashamed of what he did. Okay. All right. I like that. Um, please know that it was never his intentions that morning to harm the victim pets. He said, Konchak is now facing several charges, but surprisingly, not animal cruelty. Um, so... I mean, John put our two he cents. He is a hunter, right? Put our two cents in there. And we got to go with our two cents. Coyotes are vicious, right? So He wasn't charged. Mistaken identity. No. You know a dog from a coyote, period. Because for one thing, you've seen dogs you may not have seen a coyote. I've never seen a German Shepherd that I thought he was a coyote. He was mad because their dogs was barking or pooping, whatever was the case may be. It was neighbor um, feud. I don't know. Would, would, I, would I kill a dog that kept me up all night? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know a whole lot about the guy. I just know he was a hunter, right? So hunting is what he did. For a living, he was a hunter. Right, so, so he knows. Yeah, the I don't know. Between. If I was a hunter and I was up hunting all day and all night and, and my neighbor's dogs was driving me the fuck crazy, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's that's all I can say. I don't know. But, um, you know. <laughs> With the two cents. Don't worry about that's that. Right. It's, just, it's just two cents in there. That's right. All right, I got something. Uh, Chris Rock roasts Will Smith with slap jokes. Ooh. Everybody called him a bitch. And who did he hit? Me, said Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. So almost a year after the infamous Oscars slap, comedian Chris Rock is finally addressing what happened in his live Netflix special, Selective Outrage. And he's calling Will Smith a bitch around seven times. Rock appeared, you know, at a stand-up in Boston. However, he, he didn't fully address the slap at in Boston. So, hi, Rosie. So, I Rosie. mean, I'm going to put my two cents in there. Yeah. Come on, let's get some. Did you watch the thing? Chris Rock should have said some more. You want, you I didn't some? see it. I didn't see it. I did but I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. And I feel like this. Chris Rock has every right. He's a comedian, you know. And first of all, you know, I want to give him a shout out for holding his composure when Will slapped it. Okay, so I watched it, and he talked about uh, she had it coming because she she says some low ball stuff. Uh, His wife, yeah, said that um, uh, something about something about that last Grammy, something whatever. So little new, 
yeah, Will knew about the whole thing, and that was Chris's chance to get back at Jada. Right? So Chris hold on, which which it. which two wrongs are making right? We know we're gonna see, right. we'll see two wrongs are making right, right? right? However, they're all a family. <laughs> However, now look, they all a family. You know that's her baby dad, right, or something? Say what? Chris Rock or something. They all, they all anyway. They all some kind of family, some kind of way. So they got some old family oh. squabbles going on. But here's my thing also. I'm going to talk on both sides. We'll have to go home to that woman. Regardless of what she did, we know modern day women, uh, 85% chance they're going to be messing around in the streets. That's what they do. You know, society encourages and celebrates promiscuity. It's just what it is. That's what All right, but we're not going to talk about that. But anyway, why Will, Will Slack? We're talking about regardless of all that. Chris that Rock was Will's has... wife. No, no, listen. Regardless of that, was Will's wife. And he saw her face, and she gave him that fucking look, and he had to go home with her. And he but thought, this is what we're not talking about, ass, right? But this is not what we're talking about. We're talking he, about the Chris Rock had the right to. He has the right. Bring that he up has in his absolutely show. every well, right to say so because about. he slapped the shit out of that man while he was the man of the hour, not Will we Smith. Know. We know Will that Smith he had it. We know that Will Smith Chris, slapped Chris Rock no, no, no. to stick his chest out right. so he can get some pussy. Will's, Stop it. That too. Okay. Will's Just break it down. Because I, 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 so I don't like, sugarcoat nothing. That's why he did. Jada would have been mad at him if he didn't go up there and the do thing. something. Here's the thing I'll say too. He might be right about one thing. He said uh, he mentioned uh, selective um, outreach. Mm-hmm. Or I will call selective aggression too, because it's just like saying I'm gonna I'm pick my battles, right? I'm not gonna slap that guy because that guy may kick my fucking ass. Let me slap him, right? And uh, I don't agree with that too, because if you would slap him, you should slap the fucking big guy too, right? Who gives a shit about who you fucking slap if you disrespect me? I'm gonna slap your ass, right? But it seems like mm-hmm. you know his me and the way as I saw it last night. And you say, you know, it's like you fucking I'm happy your size and you're gonna slap the shit out of me. You know what I mean? It's like and um another I'm gonna make another point about that. My mom will always say, my grandpa would always say, my uncle would always say, my cousins would always say, never never make a motherfucking buffoonery in front of white people. They love to see us fucking slap and fucking fuck each other and then laugh about it and then make a mockery out of us. So that was another thing, too, that I wasn't too happy about. Well, he was saying things like that's what he, that's what people was saying. asking, did the slap hurt? And he said, you Dude, know, slap the shit out his ass. Will Smith is significant, s- significantly bigger than me. We're not the same size. He does movies with his shirt yeah, off. He said, you never seen me do a movie yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, with he my said. shirt off. We'll play Muhammad Ali in a movie. Yeah. And you think well, I'll... Rip, he stay in shape. I mean, you he said, like that. he said he played Pookie in New Jackson. Yeah, he played Pookie. He played, you know what I mean? Oh, he played a piece of He said he played a piece of corn and, and, and Pootie Tag. So, yeah, it hurt. You know what I mean? Oh, goodness. He said, yeah. Classic had role at that. He should have got an Oscar. Didn't he get an Oscar? He should deserve a fucking Oscar for that fucking pookie shit. Yeah, I believe he did. I believe he did. Damn, you should get an Oscar for that shit if he ain't already got one. Let me get an Oscar. All right. Wow. Well, um, you know article he's talking about? 
Do I have another one? Some articles is funny as shit. Yeah, go with this. This is about awareness. Everybody needs to be aware of what's going on. In the world yeah, be aware you. of this. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Yo, is this what I think it is? Yeah. They call it the board. They call it the board, guys. Generation Z, I don't know where y'all got the board from, but y'all don't remember about no Star Trek. I got the board. Anyway, you're oh, talking about. Oh, All right, so this is some alcohol stuff they're doing on TikTok. Yes, TikTok. Phone keys, ID, giant jug filled with vodka and flavored water a list of ongoing essentials has recently expanded to include the black outrage gallon aka board so that's acronyms black outrage gallon board is what they call it mm-hmm. the newest TikTok trend popular among college students college black students outrage. looking to get drunk enough to throw up in the streets or to be honest with themselves about how they need to drop out of econ before it tanks their GPAs. Yo. Yo, GPA is already tanked, you dumbass. It's already tanked. Why? Why do these college students always do this dumb stuff? They do the dumbest stuff. This TikTok is, listen, everything you see on TikTok, don't do it just because the word C-H-A-L-L-E-N-G-E is on there. You probably can't even read it. Get your GPA up. It's incentivizing fuck shit. They're it's saying, stupid. They're saying, hey, hey, fuck your education, right? Fuck being that tuition. Your mom and mom and daddy probably paying for that or that first financial aid paying for it. Get drunk. Get drunk as shit, right? College students have been getting drunk and binge drinking for they speedball because they're taking Adderall and all that fucking shit too. To try to make them focus. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's really crazy. You know what I mean? There's too much going on, you guys. My two cents is Don't that your kids you need to stop following trends. You know what I mean? I know TikTok is a lucrative business for some but going on there taking a challenge and uh taking a challenge and harming yourself is not very educated and is not very wise the rosie oh, weinberg says do it the old-fashioned stay educated right exactly you're uh, not educated when you're learning from Instagram, TikTok, and things like that. You're not educated. What I'm curious to know. No, you're not. It's for entertainment. What I'm curious to find out uh, is that does that still apply to Chinese colleges and universities? Like, are they on TikTok? And does some kid have a gallon of vodka and a red bull and water in a can drinking it with with blue coloring in it making it a big deal is that going rapid and going viral in china mm-hmm. like it is here in the u.s i doubt it seriously doubt oh it. not in china no not in china just here in the u.s gotcha gotcha all right that makes sense yeah it's ridiculous dumb down our kids it's ridiculous it works that's all good it's ridiculous yeah Rosie said that the old-fashioned way is the best way. 
and she'll help anyone that needs to be tutored. Look at that. You know what I mean? Rosie Weinberg, she, she, she writes these amazing uh, stage plays, guys. So make sure, you, you know, if you, you see her name, uh, just follow her on Facebook. And you can keep up with some of these plays. I'm going to be in the next ah. one. That's right. So, and speaking of big, speaking of being in in, in uh, a stage play, Fred, mm -hmm. this one I titled entitled "For the Fame." Yes. Okay, so I was reading this uh, conversation. Uh, you know, interview conversation that was with T.I. about fame, right? Yeah, and he mentioned, there. yeah, he mentioned that he he never got into this for the fame and he could happily live without it. He realized that fame is the price he paid to be successful and it was a high price to pay. None of us know how that feels right now. So, but what we do know is people kill for clout and recognition. He said, fame is a drug for many people. Sometimes it seems that those who don't have it want it badly enough to do insane things to get it. And those who are losing it want it back at all costs. That's weird. He said, uh, he noticed many who have have it rarely expected all that it brings and don't really want it. It's invasive. It's ever present. It's misleading and fake. It can give an altered sense of reality and even cause resentment and hate. Pain, guys, pain. Something people looking for. Let me take you to this. Chat GPT's assessment states, people seek fame because it is a form of validation. It can bring a sense of accomplishment to those who have worked hard to reach a certain level of recognition or success. It can be a means to make a difference in the world, to leave a lasting impression or improve the lives of others. Mm -hmm. Fame can be a way for people to gain a sense of security and increase their self-esteem. For some, fame is an opportunity to be a part of something bigger and to have an impact on others. For me, he said, it's a loss of privacy and freedom and a price I'm not willing to pay. Yes, that's We want to know what are your thoughts? That's it. What are your thoughts? That was said on chat GPT. You asked, what is chat GPT? Okay, guys, this is a, it's an AL program, okay? It's designed to interact with you in a conversational manner. The dialogue format makes it possible for Jack, uh, chat GPT to answer queries and then expand with follow-up answers. 
Its models were designed around and trained on the data from the internet written by humans, like conversations. The user experience feels bizarrely human, and once you get the hang of how to use it, it's going to save you incredible amounts of time, effort, and energy when it comes to marketing. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. All right, you know what I mean? It's all right, you know? Always so, room to improve, and you use all the tools you can find. That's what this whole thing is about. Yeah, that's it. So, guys, huh? What's coming up? What's coming up? We got coming up in just a few minutes our guy Luke Howard. Luke Howard. Luke Gnosis. Luke Gnosis. That's right. Hypnotherapy Toronto and Hypnosis Ottawa. uh, Those centers have helped thousands of people reach their goals, overcome fears and let go of unwanted thoughts and behaviors. Luke Howard is one of the most recommended hypnotherapists in Toronto and Ottawa. And he's coming this way in just a few minutes. Let me send out his uh, email invite so that we can get him in. Tell him, Fred, Luke will be here. Yo, bro. Even though I got his thing down there. It's mail. Yeah, he's about to be on there in a little bit. Yeah, you got your bro coming on. Yeah. What do you want to see it? I didn't talk to bro since earlier. Let me see if he. Oh no, I thought you was talking to somebody. No, I was calling. He was calling who? Luke. Luke Lucas. You called him? Yeah, had him up. Uh, <laughs> on my head. Yeah, he called him on the head. Okay. He called him on the cell phone. So we're gonna wait for um. Luke Howard coming in, but you guys. Exactly. Tell them, Fred. At your location. Coming at right your to location. You. Straight at your door. Yes. The name of the play uh, with Rosie is 10 Angry Black Women, and I am playing the part of Sugar Mama. And y'all can call me Aunt Sugar. Aunt Sugar. That's right. Y'all can call me Aunt Sugar. So, yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. We get started. Um, and just a little a week or two to uh, our first practice it's going it's going to be great you know we, i'm gonna see how i do it's going to be my very first really uh verbal acting part i've done um some commercial uh commercial yeah, i've been commercial. um extra you know in some upcoming movie and i'm gonna see now you know what I mean? They gave me the give me the words, and I just it's gonna put my little personality into it and see, you know, how I, how how I can do this. I need to grab that. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's my um horn going off over there. That's, I left the phone or something. Okay. So it's it's going off. All right. So um Luke is up uh, comes up at uh six o'clock. Prayer, let's see. Um anything you want to talk about on here? How let's about see. these? Oh no, no, no. You know what's what we didn't tell these people about because oh my god that right there that's right up your alley yeah, isn't you, it you put me on all the new stuff all that good stuff yeah. i like you I, I put him on the stuff that um interests him yeah so so that now, was his mind now it makes me think about diners so two diners let me read exactly here two former new jersey diners could be converted could this is just by chance could possibly be converted into cannabis shops. I think so. It says two New Jersey cannabis business licensed by the state to sell legal. We have one local approval to convert two former diners into South uh, in South Jersey into shops. The Courier Post has reported those proposed locations will be uh, entailed in a former uh, Marlton Diner on westbound Route 70 in Evesham, like all the way down there. Oh, and the other yeah. one, in, um, and the former Sage Diner on Route 73 in Mount Laurel. I know Lucky Love, look, Lucky Love that diner. That's my cousin. My cousin Love that diner. Um, the former Marlton Diner, used to love that diner rather. The former Marlton Diner lo uh, location will be operated by a group known as the Enlightened Health and Wellness. Really? And the Sage Diner located is known as New Jersey Green Care. Hmm. I'm not right. Uh, a proposed dispensary locations come at a time where the majority of New Jersey municipalities have uh, still decided to opt out of having cannabis businesses altogether, with estimates ranging as high as 70%. But somehow, those guys got in. Nationally, former diners, warehouses, and other buildings that are uh, that are along the way often serve as locations for cannabis dispensaries due to a mixture of zoning laws that keep many of them away from residential areas. A large portion of South Jersey towns have opted out. The available land compared to the more dense northern part of the state means that South Jersey towns have opted in, in a rare and a ripe, not for only dispensaries opportunity, but to cultivate as well. Okay. Yeah, the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission that somehow got those guys in, but uh, the government agency responsible for regulating cannabis throughout the state at its monthly March meeting noted that an estimate seventy fifty-seven percent of the state's applications were for dispensaries. Another twenty-five percent was for cultivation applications. Let's see what happens. Uh, you think they're really gonna uh, like give them some money? I for hope this? some. I hope somebody can grow some shit. I hope somebody gets some money to do it because I just want to smoke. Well, uh, we're gonna I see mean, because this is a growers market right now. Yeah, I heard I'm, that. I'm a New Jersey, I heard that it's so. a growers market, and New Jersey is really uh, coming up. I'm It's happening. I'm it's a weed in Jersey. There's nothing you can do about it. You know so, what I mean? They got to figure it out. There's that's not, all. There's nothing you can do about Listen, it. Listen, I ain't got no squabbles. Whatever y'all do to figure it out, that's fine. 
whoever's in and got a foot in and yeah. got more clout than the next guy and got in, that's fine. Just make it affordable and good for the common man. For the common man. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. They got it. This more. Hmm. I like this sound. No, no, I'm getting text. Uh, all right, that's over. We're live on the podcast. No texting, damn bitch. No, people are trying to, uh, that haven't been on the podcast before. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. We're live on eight platforms right now. Uh, so you can find us. Hey, Josh, we're live. Uh, right now on eight platforms, uh, Facebook, Janet Torrance, Facebook, Fred Going Legit, Facebook, The Comfort Level Podcast, Facebook, Reality Music CO, um, Facebook, uh, All About You TV, YouTube, we're on, is Reality Music CO. Twitter, Jersey Tiz, LB4R, and did I mention, oh, and, you know, also, everywhere you listen to the podcast, okay, you'll be able to get our recaps, that's right, and on the web, that's how we do it, here on the podcast, all right, so we had just talked about, um, Fred Tolman was just talking about the two um, diners, in 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 uh south so, jersey here that's gonna at one time anybody knows anything about jersey it was kind of like a renaissance for diners now they're being converted as per the garden state they're being converted into um possibly uh cannabis schnapps. yeah they are so we're gonna get ready to bring in our guest today Check and see if you're ready. Uh, bro, bro. Mr. Luke, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you guys hear me and see me okay? Yes. Loud and clear. Awesome. Loud and clear. How are you? Welcome Doing to awesome. Podcast. How are you guys? I'm great. I'm Janie Schmanny, and this is my co-host. Fred going legit. Fred going legit. And answer to your question, really just figure out day by day. How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you guys in New Orleans? No, we're no, in New Jersey. We ah, crazy, man. Yes, we're here in the uh, zone yeah. of the Comfort Level Podcast. In the Garden State. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Went- near Atlantic City. I went to Atlantic City two years ago. Oh, wow. I was a wrestling fan, and I wanted to go to the site of WrestleMania 4 and 5. So I found myself in Atlantic City one uh, Saturday night at about 11 p.m. It was was quite something. Oh, Oh, wow. I wish we would have met, uh, talked to you then. We could have met you down there. Yeah, my cousins love wrestling, man. They still, I used to love wrestling. I used to like it. My client, I still love wrestling. So, so, uh, the world, the audience, they don't know. Uh, Mr. Howard is here from Toronto, Canada. 
You got it. I used to oh, think yeah. Toronto was the capital of Canada. I'm from London, England originally. And most people outside of North America think Toronto is the capital. It's not. It's another place called Ottawa. But Toronto should be the capital. It's where they film a lot of movies now. Wesley well, Jordan's High School, Toronto. Wow. Oh, really? A lot of movies being filmed there, huh? Yeah. Are you in any? <laughs> none, none I could talk about. Oh, okay. None have been released. So earlier we had told the audience that uh, you had what you call leukinosis. Yeah, I gave you a shout out earlier. I said leukinosis. Awesome. That's a good tag, bro. Yeah, it's very nice. So you help people reach their goals, overcome fears. You're you're like a healing source. You help people get their mind right. Sunday, can you feel you feel it? Healing high, <laughs> reaching across from Toronto to New Jersey. Feel it, healing you. I need to feel that. Feel Are you kidding me? Yeah, I use this. Hold on, guys, in the comments. I got to make it bigger so I can seal. Yeah, I use this thing called hypnosis along with other tools to help people who are stuck, whether they're addicted to alcohol, sugar, sex, porn, if they've got too much trauma that's holding them back, if they're anxious, if they're being crushed by depression, if they've got chronic pain inside their body, or if they want to release weight, um, they come to me and I help them help themselves um, eliminate those blocks, get rid of those barriers and get on the other side so they can start enjoying life more and have more happiness and love and success and all that good stuff. That's right. Wow. Nice. Mm. Wow. So you're a shaman. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Fred. <laughs> I say shaman to most people, right? It scares them off. So I call myself a hypnotist, and I've got about 47 certifications that say I'm a hypnotist, but in reality, it's all energy. And in reality, I would be basically a shaman. I just find what works, whether that be from the local healer, whether that be from the counselor, whether that be from the professional wrestler, believe it or not. I find what works from different people and I steal it. I mean, I model it. I take it. I put my own unique spin on it and, and I use it when I'm working with people because I realized mm. a long time ago. If you're in the business of healing, in the business of change, hypnosis, then you've got to be in the business of show business. And what I mean by that is oftentimes when people come to see me and they've had this deliberating problem like anxiety that's been ruining their life for so long, they get distracted really easily. They get really distracted by this thing called anxiety. So when I work with them, I need to be the shiniest object in the room and I need to capture their imagination and lead their imagination away from this thing called anxiety or whatever the problem was into me being the delivery vehicle, if you will, for them to be able to get the kind of result that they need. So if you're in healing, in therapy, then you've got to be in show business and part of show business is entertainment. I need to be bigger than my client's problems, but I also need to be entertaining. You might think, oh, I've been anxious. I'm not entertained when I'm anxious. I'm not entertained when I'm depressed. I'm not entertained when I've got that pain in my shoulder. It's a different kind of pain. It's a different kind of entertainment. It's like, you know, my computer that I've got right now, it doesn't have a lot of REM. It doesn't have a lot of memory. It doesn't have a lot of power. Maybe it has 100 gigabytes. Let's say her mind has 1,000 gigabytes. If I'm working with a client and 997 of those gigabytes are on anxiety, it's going to be pretty hard for me with 3% to be able to ship 
But if I can start to get them to focus 100, 200, 500, 700, 800, 900, maybe 1,000 percent or gigabytes RAM, if you will, to use the right terminology in their mind, then it becomes a lot easier and a lot more um, forgiving to be able to get them to have shifts in their life. Yes. Wow. You're curing depression. Wow. Well, you know what? I'm not allowed to say You're I cure anything right? technically, <laughs> but 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 yeah, I well, well, people and I I give them some tools, and if they're smart enough to use it, they generally get a huge amount of success in their life, and. I like to say I'm kind of like a bit like a trainer in as much as you could have the best personal trainer in the world. But if you want to lose weight, the trainer can't lift the weights for you. He can't do the cardio for you. He can't follow the keto diet. It'll get in shape, but you ain't. You have to interact. You have to follow the diet, the nutrition, the lifting weights. It's the same when I do change work with, with it. It's, a lot of times people think hypnosis is the pendulum. If I had a pendulum right now and I'm just boring you into hypnosis. <laughs> not me. Not yeah. me. I thought maybe you might use that eyebrow. Focus on the eyebrow. Really focus on it. <laughs> so everything else gets tuned out so I get all the attention. But a lot of the hypnosis I do, well, all of it, to be honest, is not passive at all. It's very interactive, meaning my clients are speaking or their unconscious, their subconscious mind is speaking, is communicating with me. The person isn't just sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, this is really nice. I don't know if I'm hypnotized or not, but Luke is saying lots of nice things. Now, they don't have a second to think these things because they're engaging through the whole process. And what I found is if I'm... If I'm bringing to the session more energy than my client, if I'm doing more of the lifting in the session I'm doing with the client, this is not good for them. My, if I'm sweating, metaphorically, more than my client, it means I've invested in their change more than they are. So they need to do the lifting. They need to do the metaphorical sweating. Um, I'm just there to guide them to do it. But they have to work. They have to work hard. But it's very rapid, meaning they can start to get shifts in as soon as a session. But in that session, it's really, really intense. But as long as they come, I always bring my bat. As long as my clients bring the bat and the ball, um, we're off to the races. But if I just bring my bat and my clients don't bring the bat, then I can't really play baseball on my right. own. Right. Yeah. You need a team. Wow. Ew. That's really just. So how long have you been doing this, bro? Um, I have been doing it over half my life. I started when I was 17. I am 44. And now I don't look it, right? I look nice. like my birthdays. In, um, in a couple of weeks, couple of months. Um, so 20 this will be my 25th year, I think, so since I was 17. All right, you've been doing it for a minute. Still looking young, bro. Listen. Thank you, man. So so, so uh, what I want to know is the people that you helped out, like, you know, what, what have they said and how have you improved their situation? Because some people just can't think it through on their own. I don't get it. Yeah. It, it, it goes like this, right? It's oftentimes there's only so far we can heal ourselves about getting some help. I mean, you can look at some of the best athletes in the world. Like if you look at Mike Tyson, when he, uh, Mike Tyson had a lot of problems, but when he was young, I don't know, he was the best fighter in the world. This guy was a monster. He was killing people, right? And not a lot of people realize, but his trainer, a guy called Customado, 
took Mike Tyson to a hypnotist. Um, so Mike Tyson was doing, um, they call them burners, and basically it's illegal boxing, and you had to be at least 16 or 18. Mike was mm. so big when he was 12 or 13, he'd oh. be going to these burners, these illegal club-to-club boxing matches, and he was knocking out guys that were 18, 19, 20. And one of the things was Mike Tyson was taking to a hypnotist consistently when he was younger. This hypnotist, number one's job was to say, you're the baddest MNFer in the whole wide world. You're going to be the youngest heavyweight champion of the world. And every night before Mike Tyson went to sleep, each trainer, Customado, would do some hypnosis with Mike Tyson as well. So yeah, Mike had a lot of problems when he got older, but as far as an athlete and being, I think, still maybe the youngest heavyweight champion of all time, he was killing people. And um, Tiger Woods is another example, right? Tiger Woods is caddy from about the age, I want to say, of 10 up until about five or 10 years ago. His caddy was also a hypnotist. Mm. He was putting on these positive suggestions in his mind all the time, especially when he was in in a very um, um, adaptive stage, you know, when he was really, really young. And he, and of course, he became the greatest golfer of all time. Um, and not a lot of people realise, but but just about when Mike, when um, Tiger Woods fired his caddy, was at the same time he divorced his wife, started to get DUIs, and was all over the news for having sex with this porn star and this right. one, all around the same time. But I haven't forgot your question. How have I helped people? Well, rather than me just say it, and I'll say it because people are on the show now, but I've got all these testimonials, YouTube videos, and Google reviews, so you can verify this. But, but, but typically, I'm not your normal type of person. And what I mean by that is typically when someone comes to see me, whatever their problem is, they've done the usual route, the traditional route, the route that they're told to do to heal themselves. That might be go to your doctor, have some medication, Go see a counsellor. Go and see a psychotherapist. Mm. Go and see a psychiatrist, God forbid. None of that worked. They're still effed up, in their own words. And then they come to me. So by this stage, they're quite disenfranchised because they've tried so many things and they are still stuck. So they think that a hypnotist is going to be like everyone else. Oh, he's just going to say, say nice things to me. He's going to stroke me. I don't stroke people, but even now I'm mm. over Zoom, so I couldn't anyway. Yeah, but but yeah, my job is not to be nice to people. My job <laughs> is to kind of rapidly um, cause a state change in their world. So when they see me, it was it's easier now. Well, it's harder now, I should say, because people see videos of me. There's like thousands of them out there. But in the old days, people didn't see the beard, didn't see the tattoos, didn't hear the accent. So they were used to like someone showing up in a suit and tie and looking very professional. But this professional didn't work for them before. So they would see me like, mm. holy S word, this guy's got long hair, he's got a beard, he speaks really fast, he's got a lot of tattoos, he's different from these other stiffs that I've seen. Maybe this will work, because he's right. different. So yeah, I, I was gonna say, I'll trust him a little bit more. Right? Yeah, I use that, because, oh, oh, S word. I don't, I, 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 I'm, I'm deliberately not swearing because I have a potty mouth. Am I allowed to use explicits on your show? Yes, you are, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Cool. Right. Too, bro. This is yeah. the comfort level. Be comfortable. Yeah. 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 The reason I ask, I've got a potty mouth, and I would do all these interviews back in the day, and they were great. And the host would message me back, say, Luke, this is one of the best interviews we ever did. But they would never publish it 
then I found out months later, it was, oh, Luke, there was too many F-bombs in it. There was too many S-bombs in it, and we just couldn't edit it, so we didn't. So now I ask, but thank you for letting me know. See, if people see me, and, and then they don't have a box to put me in. Oh, my God, they know that I'm there to help them, but I'm not, oh, tell me your story. Tell me why you're messed up. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about this, that, and the other. It's not that I'm not empathetic. I am, but I'm not sympathetic. Sympathetic is right. keeping my client stuck. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I can see why you're a victim. Oh, yeah, the world is a terrible place. Oh, oh no. It's terrible. Oh, Just validate your victimization. Yeah. Oh, God, it's cursed you. Yeah. Oh, victim. I don't play that That's game. Right. I'm in the empowerment business. It's like, yeah, it's like, all right, forget all that stuff. Let's work on you today. I don't want to hear about how you're messed up or broken. This is where you are. Where do you want to be when we're done? A lot of more clients can tell me what they don't want at the beginning. They can't tell me what they do want. So I say to my client, oh, Luke, Luke, oh, I'm addicted to cocaine and I've lost my car, lost my wife, lost my house. Oh, God, I'm losing all this money. Um, I've lost an arm. What do you want? Well, Luke, like I said, I've lost my arm, I've lost my wife, I've lost my car. What do you no, want? Do you well, want? Luke, like I said, I've lost my... What do you want? And they stop. There's silence. And they're looking, all the quadrants of their eyes and their head. And they come back about 30 seconds later. It's like no one ever asked them. They never thought about what they want. They knew what they didn't want. Well, Luke, I just want to be free. Luke, I just want to be happy. Luke, I just want to be comfortable on my skin. What does that mean? That's another question because it's a big, lofty thing, right? But uh, oftentimes, um, if I say to you, if I say, well, you know, people ask, Luke, what, what, what do you want? Well, I don't want COVID. I don't want AIDS. I don't want an STD. I don't want my girlfriend to cheat on me. I don't want to lose my house. That doesn't mm -hmm. tell you what I want. It just tells you about all the limitations. So if I keep right. focusing on what I don't want, I get more of it. When I get people to start to focus on what they do want, well, I want to be successful. Great. What success <laughs> to you? Success to one person could be waking up, finding a dollar as they're, right. as they're walking to work. For another right, person, right, 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 right. it might be getting that dream house. For another person, it might be being a great father, a great mother. But, yeah, we have to dig into it because success happiness is not the same for everyone for no. this one over here happiness is i wake up every morning and i've got a smile on my face for this one seeing seeing my kids succeed at school makes me happy for this one oh, if i can bench press 200 pounds i'll be happy everyone's got like a computer we've all got our own coding or source code inside so happiness for you and you and me it's going to be three different answers yeah. so it's about really focusing on what i do on, on not a script and not like, oh, success, and me thinking I know what success is for my client. It's about being bespoke. All the work I do is for the person in front of me. So a lot of hypnotists, client comes in, they've got a problem. Let's say their problem is they're addicted to alcohol. So the hypnotist goes to his book and he goes to A for problems and he goes for alcohol addiction. And he's like, well, here's the script. So the client's in front. Puts the script book up and now he just reads from the book like a story to try and help his client no longer be addicted. As soon as you do that, you've lost this. I'm, I have a big belief in doing this for 25 years that my client's unconscious, subconscious, their monkey mind, if you will, is going to show me 
and show them everything we need to do in our work together. That if my head is locked in a book, reading a script, I'm missing that human yeah. in front of me. Mm. And a lot of hypnotists go, whoa, I'm going to do this with my client in session one and this. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my client when they come in. I know that they're here and we're going to end up over here. And I've been doing it a long time. I have no idea how we're going to get there. A lot of people think success is a straight line. Usually success yeah. is like this. Yeah. We're back to the start. It's messy. It's ugly. It's horrible. Right. And then you end oh, up. Lovely, please. Yeah. So my sessions, if, if you join my sessions halfway in and you're a hypnotist or you have any idea of what I'm doing, you're like, what the hell is going on here? It's all over. She's crazy. What's mm. he talking about? He's going off in tangents. He's not finishing stories. He's speaking too fast. Where's the pendulum? But at the end of the work together, the client is like, now I get it. Not here, because most people I work with are smart enough to get it here. But get it here. Right, exactly. In their body, in their spirit, whatever that is to them. But really know it. Because knowing it here is one thing. Well, I know why I messed up, because my parents were really horrible. They know it. But knowing it here in your body is completely different, right? It's like the difference between masturbation versus real love making here, if you will. It's about them embodying it and get them in touch with it. Exactly. Wow. It works. Man. So, you know, because I, I actually know a few people, you know, that got the book in front of them. And you're just reading the words. Yeah, you know, and a lots of times, like, they'll push some of those things on you. And you actually can know that that's not coming from here. You know it's coming from the book. Yeah, it's not coming from the good. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I'm not saying, you know, that I can't sympathize with alcoholic empathize. or somebody you know empathize, sympathize, empathize, that uh, it just doesn't feel good to me when I get it. And a yeah. lot of times I'll say to my clients, because they want to be heard. We all want to be heard. We all want to be listened. And, and, and for some clients, and I have to really work with them, some people, right off the bat, because they're like, well, you don't, Luke, you've never drank. Well, I've drank five times in my life before the age of 20, and I never drank again. Well, Luke, you're not an alcoholic. How do you know how to help me? Oh, well, Luke, you've never had chronic back pain. How do you know to help me? Um, well, Luke, you have never been raped. How do you know how to help me? To which I say, if you have cancer and you go to a surgeon who cuts that cancer out of you, does that surgeon have to have experienced cancer in his own body in order to help you? Mm, great. Great yes, therapists yes. need to have been. Yes, I never understood. Yeah. I never understood why the drug counselors had to have been drug addicts before. I've never understood that. Yeah. Like, why people, can't they why can't they slip and just like I would? You know what I mean? Some people Fall just, off the wagon just the same way anybody else would. And some people just can't take preventative guidance. That's all. Preventative yeah. guidance. I just gave it a That's chance. a big cup. 
I just had a workout. I have to get my protein in. Oh, that's the blender. Oh. <laughs> I have that one hour to get that protein into my muscles after the after the workout. Oh, I'm going to get. Oh, okay. Health is wealth, bro. Exactly. Number I, one. I, yeah, okay. I always say this to people, right? Like, you could lose money, gain money, right? Um, you could lose a job, gain a job. You could lose a wife, gain a wife, right? Everything you can lose, you can get back. But the one thing you can't get back is time. Mm. Even if you're Elon Musk, even if you're Bill Gates, even if you're the guy who runs Amazon okay. and escapes me right now, you've got all the billions in the world that they cannot buy time. Time comes, time goes. Doesn't matter how successful you are. So I'm a big believer in like, if my clients have got this problem, like, well, Luke, before I work with you, I need to think about if this is the right thing for me. I'm like, well, how long have you had this problem? 30 years. How long have you been thinking about getting help? 29 years. So so what do you need to think about? You've been thinking about it for 29 years, overcoming it and getting some help. So, so, so by allowing you off, allowing you to play the game of procrastination, which is just anxiety in disguise, by the way, and putting another day, another week, another month, another year before you get help, that doesn't help you at all. So I always tell my, 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 I do a screening call before I ever take someone on as a client. The screening call is free. It's an hour. It's an opportunity for me to find out um, what my client's problem is, you know, what they expect from me, tell them a little oh, bit about wow. how I work. But I always say to them at the end of the call, we're either going to work together or, or we're not. And if we work together, that's great. And if you say no, or I say no, no hard feelings. We part ways as friends. I'm okay with yes, we work together. I'm equally okay with no, we won't work together. But what I don't do, and I tell this in the first two minutes of the call, is I don't do maybes. Oh, well, Luke, yeah, I'm the kind of person who needs to think a long time before I get help. Well, well no, no. I, I, if I'm That's in, part of your problem. Well, the problem, if I'm in the water drowning with you, I can't pull you to shore. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I say to my cousin, even by not making a decision, yes or no, because in some people's brain, they think that cuts them off. Well, because I've said, yes, yes, it cuts me off from anything else. I tell my potential clients, by failure to make a decision, yes, we're going to work together. You're going to get the help you want. Or no, we're not going to work together. We part ways as friends. If you don't make a decision, you've made a decision that we, we're not going to work together. Because yeah. I know people that are ready. They're like, you know what? I'm done. I need to get some help. I need to get some help now. Let's rock and roll, Luke. If you need another, if you need another hour to think about it after our screening call, this isn't for you. You're not ready to change. Wow. Not ready to grow. That's it. That's, to, it. that's it. Not ready to heal. And then that's fine because some people just ain't ready. You know. Or maybe they can find 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 that it's. Well, they, absolutely, if they find out it's too much for them, then they're not ready. We got to remember so, that we people like us are the exceptions to the rule. That's just the way it is. That's it. Drop the mic. <laughs> it's, it's just, I we don't know. Well, you, we we kind of use this podcast to uh, bring people on such as yourself that well, I have to say you you have to enjoy it if that's the work that you do. That enjoy uh helping other people and from jumping off the cliff. Yeah, well yeah. sometimes 
Well, we want to know what you do that, uh, you know, keeps you from jumping off the cliff. What I do is I get up every morning and at 11 a.m. I go to my mixed martial arts gym and I get beating up and choked out every morning about 10 right. times before 12 noon. <laughs> so I come out feeling very humbled. Any oh. angst that I've got, I've left it on the mat with people. I've got out of my comfort yeah. zone. Because every morning before the before the, before twelve noon hits, I probably had more fights than most people ever will in their life. Bro, I was waiting for you to come up with the discomfort. Discomfort, yeah. That's the key. Yeah, and one of the things I do is 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 jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. So I want to get into jujitsu, bro. Beautiful man. Myself, every every man should do jujitsu. It doesn't matter if he wants to fight. It doesn't matter if he wants to compete. Just because it gets you in your body. And, and jiu-jitsu is, yes, it's about fighting. But really, it's about chest. It's human chest. This guy has moved a millimeter this way. I felt his body shift. I now can land in this rear naked choke. Oh, this guy is in a mount position, but his arm's there. Oh, I can feel that micro movement in his shoulder. That means he's trying to get my arm and go for an uh, arm lock. If he gets that on me, I'm tapping out and I'm done. This is all going on in real time. It's fun. Right, right, right. So I've got to just shift my body, and, body and this way, raise my hips. It becomes human chest, and it's like it really starts to help you problem solve in other areas of life. It's like I'm uncomfortable. There's a 250 pound guy on top of me right now, and he's frigging smothering me, and I don't like it. And it's really hard for me to breathe, and I feel really uncomfortable. And I'm about to have a panic attack. Do I want to be a bitch and tap out, even though he's not choking me out? I'm just uncomfortable. Or do I want to find a way to turn my head so I get a little bit more air into my body? Can I just wait for five or ten seconds before I tap out to, to, to toughen up and to, to use this? But, yeah, everyone, not just every man, every woman, like women in our class as well. Jiu-Jitsu is beautiful because you can go hard, but you don't end up coming out concussed, knocked right. out, or with broken bones. You just come out and be like, you, you might ache ache like hell for a little bit but you can go quite hard and be totally healthy be totally safe and not have um not have any broken bones or anything like that or concussions like i said right yeah we were sitting here in the natural light and it started getting dark that's better yeah so i just put on the uh light I, th I think that, uh, well, I don't know any other people that do hypnotherapy, but I want to give you guys, you know, what happened? Oh, a shout out because, I'm sorry about that. I think it's great, you know what I mean? That somebody other than the norm, I'm not saying that it's not normal, but the normal therapists the centers all the places that you go looking for help and this is the way there's not people in there that can help you you know even like well we the way we put in the business i'm gonna say i'm not gonna say the clients the patients i'm gonna say the network mm -hmm. okay so the network that you're dealing with people that you're meeting 
in these meetings, they have the same problems or even more. And I don't think that you can really get too much help from that. Because like you said, time, you can't get it back. And most of the time, in my experience of talking to someone that's telling me about these AA and NA meetings, all they talk about is the past and the reason why. And it's yeah. all blamed on the past. If I'm on a Facebook forum for NA or A, listen, what if someone uses, if someone's in pain and they're suffering and they use a technique and it isn't hypnosis and it gets them out of their pain and they have a, an incredible life, more power to them. More power how, to them, yes. How, I'm, not, I'm not attached to hypnosis. I'm attached to freedom for people. However, in my experience, a lot of people on, on forums like Facebook, for NA, Narcotics Anonymous AA, they're very dogmatic in it. And they they, they, they believe NA, AA is the only way. If you're not following AA, um, then you can't be part of our club. It's the only way. Yes. If you're using anything else, shame on you. Mm -hmm. But the stats show us that NA and AA have a better 97% foul rate. So that means of every 100 people that go to NA or AA, 97 of them foul and continue to do their drink or their drug of choice. Now, I don't know about you, but if I go to Vegas and I take my life, my life earnings, my life savings, and I put them on the crap table, and there's a 97% likelihood I'm going to foul and lose everything, I'm probably not going to play that particular game because the odds are way out of my favor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'll say, I'll say, NA for me was a way to get out of my probation. If you want to go to the drug program, okay, we'll go to NA meetings. Yeah, sign up for me. All right. Hey, man, do what you got to do. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes yeah. a lot of sense, Fred. <laughs> I, I don't know, therapy. you know, but I think, I think in the future, bro. just we'll like you said, <laughs> just like you said, if you if if you're getting something out of it, then you know it's different. But it's kind of, yeah, it's cool. kind of like AA and NA is a bit like this. It's a bit like you go to prison for a misdemeanor. Maybe you stole a little bit of money. Maybe you shoplifted some potato chips or an ornament, right? And now you go to a high maximum prison where there's murderers, gangbangers, rapists, just really badass people. So you've done, you've made a mistake. You've done a very, very low level crime. And now for the next few years, you're around the hardest of the hardened criminals. And this is supposed to somehow make you come out and be reformed. Every day you're around. No, you're going to learn from them. Of course, of course. And, and so why you go in there? So that's why you know most people come out because come out and they reoffend because they've been around an environment where people have done generally far worse things than them, their peers. Mm -hmm. And there's a quote that says, "You be, your success level is attributed." To the top five people you hang around with. So if you look yeah. at your top it's five true. friends or family members and you take a base, le base level of their earnings, 
that's pretty much where you're going to be. So if you hang around with losers, the odds are you're going to be a loser. Yeah, hang around with losers. You hang around with losers. You hang around with alcoholics who are bitching and complaining about being stuck. You're probably going to stay that way. Here's how I would do AA. Here's how I would do NA. We get a whole bunch of people that have been off of their drug or alcohol, whatever it is, for five years, and they're happy. They haven't relapsed. They yeah. have been five years clean. They don't even think about it anymore. Okay. They're done, and they're living a beautiful life. Then someone who's got a drug or alcohol problem comes in, and there's all these people that have overcome it. They've overcome it not just for a day, for five years, and they're oh. doing well. I want to be on that group. That's a successful group. Uh-oh. Your camera is out. So I'm not sure if I'm the only person on your channel right now. But if I am, we're just waiting for the guys to get reconnected. But, yeah, it's about being around a group of people that are going to be successful. If you hang out with losers, the odds are you're going to be a loser. If you hang out with people that are really angry, you're probably going to be angry by default. If you hang around with people who are addicted to drugs, the odds are you are probably going to be addicted to drugs. Um, so you want to set the odds up in your favor and hang out with people that are where you want to be, whether that be sobriety, whether that be happiness, whether that be wealth, whether that be sex, um, whatever that is. You, you want to hang around with people that, that are where you want to be. And the folks are still not here. So I'm just going to assume that perhaps I'm the only person on this channel right now. So I'll keep talking. I don't have any comments, unfortunately, below. But if we are, as I believe we are going out live on Facebook or YouTube or, or whatever the social media is, and there's a comment section below, even if I don't get to answer live today, I will revisit these pages and I will answer the comments below. Um, if anyone's interested in the work that I do, the simplest way, the easiest way is you'll probably see at the bottom scrolling is my website, lukenosis.com. If you go there, um, you can watch a bunch of videos of works, of talks I've done, even my TED Talks there. Uh, you can go on my YouTube, you can go on my Facebook, you can go on my Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, whatever the social media platform is, just type in Luke Gnosis. That's Luke, like me, L-U-K-E. N-O-S-I-S, -S, and you'll find a bunch of my videos, and there'll be a trail on how you can contact me if you do need some help. Um, again, we're just waiting for the hosts to reconnect. Um, hopefully, hopefully they'll be back soon. Um, but yeah, I, I find I find that uh, hypnosis is just a really it's just a really powerful way to start to get change with people and like i say i've got many certificates in hypnosis it's the thing that i most associate with but i've accumulated a lot of skills from a lot of different healers if you will you know a lot of energy work and various forms of psychology and so forth here they are are you back yeah. down, my man. Yeah. i've been covering for you guys i didn't i didn't know that my uh laptop was unplugged the whole uh -oh. interview and then it just went out it's all right i kept i kept i kept your kept your audience entertained for a little bit that's what's uh, appreciated yeah. <laughs> no worries 
Oh, wow. So let's back. I apologize. Back to the basics of what he's talking about. So I want to ask you this, man. Kids, how do you help children? Like, you know, the the 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds, like those ones. Let me share a story with you, right? Um, When I was a mere pup in healing and hypnosis, shamanism, whatever you want to call what I do, let's say it was about 20 years ago or so forth, right? And uh, just arrived in Canada. And um, I, uh, this lady contacts me and she was a naturopath and she was going to refer clients to me. So we're just meeting like a joint venture thing. She wants to see what I do. I tell her, she tells me what I do so I can refer people to a kind of meet and greet. So we're mm-hmm. all together for about an hour and it goes very well. She leaves, she goes to leave my office and then she looks over her shoulder like this and she goes, oh, Luke, one more thing. And then she shuffles back. I'm like, what? She goes, well, well I, well, I don't know if you work with kids, but but my kid's very happy. Uh, little boys, I think he was seven at the time. This was not his name, so we'll put him in a witness protection plan. So he's, mm-hmm. so he's we, we uh, disguise, he's, uh, we keep his anonymity. Let's say his name was James. Um, right. my, my little boy, James, very happy, really good kid, does great with school, good friends, great family life. Nothing physically wrong with him, but he pees the bed every night. And has been peeing the bed every night for about five years or so. We've gone to the doctor. We've done all the gamut of tests. They say there is nothing physically wrong with him. Do you think you can help my son? Now, I've got to be honest, up until this point, I thought what got me through a lot of having success with clients was just being a great performer, was being charismatic and being charming. I still got great results, but I'll be honest, I thought that hypnosis was a bit of a con game, to be honest. It doesn't mean that con didn't work, and it doesn't mean that con didn't get people success, but it was really hard for me in my logical brain to figure, how can just words somehow massage someone's brain to get change? But I would see time and time again success. She goes, do you think you can help my little kid? And I'd never worked with physical problems. And I'm like, uh, she goes, have you ever worked with kids? I'm like, I've worked with a few. Do you think you can help my kids? And so I was put on the spot. I need a business, right? I love to help people. I was just starting out. And I said, listen, we'll call this lady Sarah. This wasn't her name. Listen, Sarah, I've got to be honest with you. I haven't worked with many kids, which is true. I don't think I'd work with any, maybe one to that point. Um, and, um, you know, I cannot guarantee that your son will stop peeing the bed, um, but I will certainly do my best. She goes, Luke, thank you for being honest. I trust you. I'm going to send my boy to you. So I, I shit myself because I really want to help this little boy. <laughs> and I wanted her to refer people to me. But I'm like, I get with adults and psychology and persuasion and yeah. stuff. But with a kid, it's completely different. What I'm, if I say to an adult, close your eyes, typically they'll close their eyes. If I say to a kid to close their eyes, they'll do this. They'll probably sit down yeah. and relax. If I ask a kid to sit down and relax, they'll stand up, they'll run around the room. So what I would do with an adult typically wouldn't translate with, with a child. So I had to I'm like, oh what the heck am I? I really want to help this kid. I met the little boy, great kid. Mm-hmm. And I remembered something that one of my mentors said, and it was like we have to do this stuff a little bit differently with, with, with young people, with children. Like, I won't see anyone younger than five. 
seven. And it's like, you can't just tell them to do stuff because they won't do it. You kind of have to tell stories. But on some level, an unconscious mm. level, that story, there's a resolution to their problem. Now, the yeah. person in the story might not have exactly the same problem as them consciously, but the unconscious is playing dot to dot and it's making generalizations. Mm -hmm. So I knew this little boy loved Ninja Turtles. I knew that he loved um, Transformers. Mm -hmm. I knew that he loved baseball. So I started to construct stories about Ninja Turtles, Transformers, and baseball gloves, and the tightness of the glove. And started to his unconscious mind started to generalize that to tightening up uh, mm -hmm. the area below to stop him from peeing when he didn't need to go. So basically, I just talked shit telling stories before the first session. And at the end of the session, I'm like, we had three sessions. So session one, at the end, I'm like, I feel like the biggest phony, the biggest fraud. I'm finally going to be found out for all of this because they're going to come back next week and nothing's going to change. I did my best, but how can anything happen? again. Stories. He's so never pissed again, but again. Stories he can identify with because he was able stories that he can identify with because he was able to um he took what you said and he grew. He's like, okay, boom. What? So okay. what happened then? Well then how that's how that apply to me. I'm not gonna piss the it's just I don't know, that was genius. I so like then that. The ne what would happen before I would do the session with him, but I would meet his mom or his dad at the beginning or the end of the session and just basically ask how he was doing. So second week comes and I'm dreading it. I'm having panic attacks. I'm very anxious. I'm like, his dad's going to come in. And his dad, if his dad just says, Luke, he, he, instead of peeing the bed seven times last week, he peed the bed six times. I could hang my hat on that and say, see, it's working. That's mm. great. I was just hoping if I could have a one-day reduction, I wouldn't be found out. So his dad, and I'm shitting myself. His dad comes in. Oh, how's little James doing? And I'm best poker face on. He's like, oh, yeah, he hasn't peed the bed once. So I'm like, what? You re-engineered his mind. Re-engineered the mind. I love it. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. This is all bullshit. And then I became a believer because I realized this kid was an adult. He wasn't trying to impress me. He didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't just get him to close his eyes and speak softly. I had to do covert stuff, but I had to hijack his mind with stuff that he was naturally interested in, transform, right. Ninja Turtles, baseball, and somehow conjure up made up stories about tensing areas that he could translate to tensing the area down there to stop pee and relieve anxiety and then honestly the next two sessions we did three in total was just us talking about drawing transformers and ninja turtles and as far mm -hmm. as i know he never peed the bed again that made a believer of me because i'm like oh you know what i'm just really persuasive to this point but then i'm like no, this kid weren't falling into the trap of Luke being charming or charismatic or persuasive. Something real, because he didn't give a shit about any of that stuff. Right. Now, what he gave a shit about is his favorite characters, Transformers, Ninja Turtles. And if they That's don't piss right. in the bed, why should I piss in the bed? That's what moved him. Not, and learn how to use his powers. Yeah. So then, a few years later, I had another boy, and his, his mum wrote a, a lovely testimonial for me on Google. And this boy, um, 
basically, without getting too graphic, the, the boy had a circumcision. He was about eight or nine when he came to see me. A few, about a year or so before he got circumcised. And um, he felt pain after the circumcision for a year or so after. He went back to the doctors. They're like, well, there's nothing wrong with him. He's ill. He should be okay. But this boy, the pain was so much that he would have 12 weeks off of school. He, he, he couldn't dry himself after a shower. He'd have to air dry. If anything touched that area, it caused pain. Can your dad's cut that skin off, man? You should have did it long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's psychological. So I'm like, what an interesting, what an interesting problem. Oh right? my God. So this is about five years after the first kid, young man, young boy that I was telling you about. So this kid's about the same age, eight or nine, maybe a little bit older. So we do the first session. And honestly, between session one and two, not a lot, not a lot changes. He's still at home. He's still, my gut belief is he's happy. He gets to be at home, homeschooling, doesn't need to go at school, doesn't really like going to school. He can be relaxed and watch his shows at home. But I was trying to find a way to kind of get in and help him, right? But there was so much pleasure that he was getting, my belief, oh, staying at home. This one, I don't know how he did it. And then, so everything I'm throwing at him isn't working. Then I, I wear a lot of rings. I'm not wearing them today, but I wear a lot of rings and I like superheroes. So one day we're talking and he sees a ring that I've got. And I don't know if you guys follow the uh, the Marvel, uh, the Avengers, but there's this sure. big, one of the biggest movies of all time, Avengers, Endgame, the villain Thanos. He has a gauntlet where he gets I'm a Marvel guy, bro. diamonds, one controls yeah. time, one controls energies. There's five or six medallions that basically make him Thanos the biggest badass right. most powerful you had, a, you had an infinity gauntlet ring yes i had an infinity gauntlet ring i know about that bro <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nerd man i, I love marvel the ring cost me one dollar on ebay oh shit. wearing the ring the kid looks at the ring i so i catch him looking at the ring I'm like do you know what that is so he starts to tell me what the infinity ring is and i'm like I'm like, oh, and and it got to a point where he, I forgot to tell you, sorry. This got to such a point where he, he couldn't walk anymore. True story. He refused to walk. They had to take him around in a wheelchair. The pain went from his, his penis to his back. Wow. Nothing showed up, MRIs, fMRIs, but he stopped walking for 12 weeks and stayed at home. True story. So it got worse. So I've got him in there. He's at the opposite side of the ring room. I've got my ring on. I'm like, you know what? Let's just throw the playbook out of the window. Oh, shit. And, and go with some street smarts. And uh, I'm, I'm picking up some bits here. Worst case is nothing changes. Best case is he shifts. I'm like, you know what this ring means, right? He's like, yeah, he's a powerful superhero in the world. I'm like, yeah, whoever wear, wears it has no pain zero pain controls every part of their body and no one can bully them pick on them they're so smart they're so strong he's like yeah i know i'm like you probably would want a ring like this wouldn't you he's like yeah 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 i said would you like to touch this ring he's like yeah i'm like great so stand up and come and if you come here you can touch it you can wear it for the rest of our session 
Remember, he hasn't walked in 12 weeks. I've got a $1 ring on. And uh, he looks around. He does this. He stands up for a minute, collapses back on the chair. I can see it's a performance. And he gets up again. He gets halfway up and he collapses again. I can see it's a performance. (laughs) (laughs) My whole life. Then finally he gets up. And he starts to come to the opposite side of the room. He hasn't fallen down. He grabs the ring. And like, oh, and when you put that ring on, all that pain and discomfort will go away and you're going to really love school. He slides it on. Miraculously, the pain goes away. From the the lower back. And he walks back to the end of the room. I'm like, you know what? How about this? You know, when you wear that, that ring, you can no longer experience pain in, you know, the, the penis, the back, whatever. You can no longer experience the pain anymore. So all you got to do is wear that ring. So you know what? Do you want that ring? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you can have that ring. However, you're going to go to school every day and you are going to walk every day and you are going to be pain-free and happy every day. Okay. And if you start to not go to school. If you start to sit in this wheelchair, your mum is going to tell me and she's going to give me the ring back and all the power comes back and you lose it all. All you have to do to keep the ring is be happy, go to school, keep walking and be pain-free. That was it. I gave him a $1 ring. And you know what I did then? I went on eBay and I bought $21 rings for kids that I was going to work with in the future. Oh, wow. again. Yeah. No, well, doctors, well, psychotherapists, well. doctors, pain specialists, we don't know what to do with your boy. He's a superhero fan. He's looking at my ring. Let me use that to help him heal himself, to give him the reason he needs to get out of the chair to feel safe, to feel empowered. To feel that he's in control. And sometimes it just takes a little ingenuity and common sense and just giving a damn. Wow. Bro, did you? So which one you got? Because I, I I just I would look it up again. And I, I just for the first time I saw the black one. I, it was the gold black. one. It was the I, gold one. And it has the. Bro, they got the black drawing that just came out. I ain't never seen a black oh, one. Oh, the black one. That's, that's they more got the black one. one out. <laughs> you, know, I'm, I'm on my, you know, I'm a straight Marvel dude to the death of me, right? So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here looking it up. And the, and the black you know, drawing popped out. up because I already knew about it. The black drawing popped up. So yeah, they got the black one out. Just wanted to tell you that. That's <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. This has been great. It's been great. I wish we had more time to, to, to keep talking. Are we running to the end? Hey, yeah. Wow. You know, busy. Day, How busy can we get day. with you, bro? Outside of the yeah, easiest way to get hold of me is go on to my website, lukenosis.com. It should be on the screen. Luke, that's a dope name, too, bro. Got that's a dope name, got too, bro. double time on the screen, man. I, I got a brand myself, right? Instead of hypnosis, it's lukenosis. Um, and basically, cool. you go there. You can, you can watch sessions that I've done with other people, testimonials, my TED Talks on there. Alternatively, if you go on social media, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, um, all my videos are out there. All my works there. You can you can yeah. see me actually working with people, talking, and get a feel for for how I work. And then, if you're interested, 
just book a screening call. It's on my website. You click the thing that says screening call, and we have a chat on the telephone. Yeah, there you go. You got it right there. Sure. I know you can't see it that great, but lukenosis.com. You guys, you see it on the bottom of the screen. Make sure you check him out. This is uh, something I want to uh, really say to our culture. Check it out, okay? Because we do a lot on mental health. And we talk about um, how we feel as though um, PTSD and things like that is all tied up into brain damage. Whether your brain has been altered by physical, you know, but mostly our brain has been altered by mental things more than physical. You know, and with programs and people like you, like we need, we need different ways. You know what I mean? Let's so go into these hospitals and stuff like that. We're being covered up with pills and this, that, and the other thing, and we're not being healed. We're not being healed. And I know, you know, my audience out here. Any of you heard of, you know, bedwetting and stuff like that? We used to whoop your ass. Yeah, that was our traumatic upbringing. You get your ass whipped. Yeah, you don't get your ass whipped. And we (laughs) never even thought that maybe you had a physical problem or a mental problem for bedwetting. Luckily, I wasn't. You know, we just thought that was the way, you know. You know, if you went over Not our house. two years, two years old, and you're still wet in the bed, you haven't learned to get up and go to the bathroom. You know, that's the only thing, you know. So our culture really shuns away from getting help. You know, you know and I just believe in therapy. Say, say to our culture, you got to do better. You know better, you do better. And that's why we bring people on our podcast like Luke. Michael Howard. Luke Nosis. I, I know that quote. When you know better, you do better. Maya Angelou. When you know better, you do better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Real simple. Yes. Real simple, Maya Angelou. All right. So, I mean, any any shout outs, last words? Leave leave us with some words of wisdom. Yeah, all right. Here's a good one. Or if you want to hypnotize me, I'm game because I have uh, sciatica. Oh, yeah. We can have a chat off air, off air with some stuff that might be able to, to help you with with that. I work with a lot of chronic pain. Um, I sure but, will be. But um, I will say this. The best well, – everyone's got problems. Nobody's perfect, although my mum would say differently. But – The best time to, whatever your problem is, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, the best time to fix your problem would have been when it first arose. The second best time to fix your problem is right now. Because every minute, every day, every week, every month, every year, every decade that goes past, that problem gets deeper rooted into your mind and embodied. The best time to fix it was day one-ish. The next best time to fix it is now. 
There is no tomorrow. No. There's no tomorrow. Stop, stop taking ownership of it. Okay, That's the first step. No, I was just agreeing with him, saying yes. he's right because it's been so long and it's just it's trying like, to take over there. your life. Like trying to yeah. take over your life. Man. Well, I don't let it take over my life, but it's there. You know what I mean? I gotta give it, give it the boot. You gotta do that decompression too. Decompression helps. Okay, we got it. Luke Howard, guys, LukeGnosis.com. Make sure you guys go, Luke on, Gnosis. go, go on there because thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Get your mind right. Appreciate really, that, bro. Really, get really your mind right. Appreciate you. Y'all get your mind right. Holla at Luke. Holla at Luke. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on your thank show. Yeah. All right, bro. Thanks for coming on, oh, man. Right. It was a pleasure thank to have you, bro. Thank you. Peace out. All right, Fred. I think that was a great yeah, show. That was a good the, bit. Oh that was a good yeah, bit we really um, was trying got some to, great uh, audience minds. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for the better. With that. Yeah. So we're about to get up out of here, guys. Peace out. Next time we'll see y'all. Um, on Thursday, um, if you got anything that you want to, you know, send us in for your topics or anything, or anybody that you want to bring on, if you want to uh, get featured on the podcast, uh, you can sign up for opportunities. Bring it on, just talk about it. It's just a That's it. What you got? We out of here, friend. We got things to do. We know it's early. Peace out. Thank y'all for the comments. Is this my food or the food? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to see if I can uh, see what I can conjure up. It's been real with Luke Nelson's on the comfortable five.